Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Well, as I said, it's my privilege this morning to share with you, and we're starting a brand new uh, series this morning, which is the controversial statements of Jesus. So, um, you know, this week, uh, starting this new series, uh, series, the title this morning is Jesus Said What? The Controversial Statements of Jesus. And the scripture I'm leading with this morning is John chapter 16 and verse 33. It says, have I told you these things so that in me, um, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, Jesus knew that his time on earth was coming to an end. And he could feel the pressure of all those approaching things coming. He also knew all the things that were going to happen to him over the next few days. They weren't going to look victorious at all. They were going to be more as if this man has been defeated. And everything he has said um, is just being cast aside. Who will carry this message on from this point onwards? Yet what the disciples couldn't see was what Jesus could see on the other side of the cross. If you had to talk to them about the resurrection at this point, it would have been very difficult for them to grasp what he was saying. But afterwards they say, oh yes, is that what Jesus meant? This is what Jesus meant. But before the cross, it would have been very difficult for them to try and perceive uh, or have an idea what Jesus was trying to say. But just in just a few days' time, it would all be clear. So Jesus gives them this prophetic word just before all hell breaks loose against him and his followers. It becomes an anchor in a moment in time. I'm not sure if you've experienced this. I'm sure many of you have already, that you're in a service and God drops a word, a thought or an idea. It could be in a song. It could be in conversation with somebody. And it could come through the preaching and teaching of the word. Sometimes it's just a a deep thought that just seems to anchor itself to your soul, to your spirit. But as the days and the weeks go on, this word just seems to work out its way, its power, its strength in a person's life. So encouragement comes from it in waves. So you go through some, sometimes years go by. And that scripture is still effectively leading you to be more faithful, more zealous, more inspired, more uh, corrected, more led by God and his precious spirit. It becomes an anchor to a moment in time where all was calm. So in these disciples' life, the word that they carried was yet not quite tested They were just carrying the word, and all the potential of it was still in them, them, their lives, but it hadn't been test. It hadn't been through the tests and trials uh, that were waiting for them, coming to the cross, scattering, doubting, uh, worrying about the future, and all of those things hadn't really hit them yet. They were still just enjoying fellowship with Jesus, the Son of God. In the future, they would look back on this moment in time when so many things had happened and they would say to themselves, Jesus said, walk in peace, troubles will come, but I have overcome the world. And they would say, I don't know if you've ever had this uh, experience, but uh, sometimes when you are just under so much pressure, you're just one scripture just becomes like an anchor in your thoughts. 
and you just begin to say it. It doesn't make sense, but you say it to yourself. You speak it to yourself. You speak it to your situation, and you begin to just walk in it and work it out. You, every conversation you lead into with the word. You might not speak it out loudly, but in your heart, there's something that's just stirring, working, strengthening, guiding, and leading this soul of yours. And that when you have to deal with things, you might not have solved all the problems in that moment in time, but you just got this tremendous sense of peace. That's the power and the potential of God's word. The prophetic word seems so small in comparison to the events that unfolded. Um, Just think about that for a moment. Jesus says these words uh, to his disciples uh, at this time, and the weight of them hasn't really grabbed this period around their lives yet, but leading up to the cross, leading up to the events of the cross. um, You know, you're now desperately trying to hear, what did Jesus say? What what was that last word? What was that last promise? And I don't know if you've had this, uh, you you read something so profound at the beginning of the week, go through the week, somewhere during the week you get hit with something, and you're like, think, what was that? What did Jesus say? What was that moment? What was he trying to say to me? Have you had that? So often it happens to me. So I I have my phone with me all the time. I write uh, all the promises on my phone. I've got a, a note just in my daily uh, journal, just all the points that Jesus, the revelations that he gives, because I'm telling you, sometimes within hours of me reading it, sometimes within days, you'll encounter a situation where you'll need the strength that that word provides. Amen. Am I going too quick? Is it time to respond uh, over here? Help me catch my breath this morning. No one likes the hard realities that life sometimes throws at us. But if you are a Christ follower, you carry prophetic word uh, inside of you. And uh, from this, Jesus enables you to live victoriously in hard times. Haven't you just been amazed sometimes when you see the trials and difficulties? You know, sometimes when I've been to visit, as as obviously being the pastor, um, you're able to you get called to people's bedsides when they're suffering. You get called into bedrooms where the, the, the person has just passed away and you're there to encourage uh, the family. But, you know, the difference is sometimes when you go into a home and these people are all serving God. And, you know, there is a, a sense of loss, great loss, but there is also a sense of peace in that situation. And more often, I'm, I'm just look at the piece, and I just see all the work that God has done in this family, in, these, uh, in this uh, circle of friends. And I see these are all Christ followers. There's something that they have. They are rock solid. They are strong. They're able to weather the storm. All right, there's sadness because of the loss and the pain uh, of the moment. But in that, there is just this quiet peace, quiet strength that just oozes out of them, and they're encouraging, loving, and strengthening one another. And that is just the the great quality of God and His Spirit working inside of His people, His church, and how He encourages and builds us and takes us through these difficult moments. One thing I've learned uh, is this saying, it says, what Jesus brings you to, He will bring you through. So I'm sure that many of you would have heard this uh, quote somewhere along the way, but for me it's been uh, one of those anchor thoughts uh, that Sometimes you like to think, God, how on earth are we going to deal uh, with this situation? But what God brings you to, and I've just learned, don't try and get around it, Mark. Just face it. 
Because if you don't face it and get to find a way through it, there will be another test. There will be another circumstance where God was saying, I'm not trying to break you. I'm trying to test the quality of your heart. I don't need it for me. I need it for you. I need you to know what's inside of you. And isn't that always the case? We learn so much about ourselves when we go through difficult situations. It's not that God's trying to know everything. He knows everything about us from the beginning to the end. In every given moment of our life, Jesus already knows what the next moment is before we even get there. But all he's trying to do is help us to understand who we are, what he has given us. And it's always leading us to this prophetic calling of God to victory, that we have a victory and we live from a place of victory. So Jesus gave us peace to face our fears. I think I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'm jumping ahead of myself on something. <clears throat> so this is, you know, the if you have PKs, do you all know who PKs are in the family? This is when my daughters look down because uh, they suddenly become... Uh, examples in your sermon and which they hate and they say dad or they're at Sunday school and they say dad what did you say about us in church so I hope they're not embarrassed by this and uh, so I won't mention any names <laughs> when my daughters were little um, we had a huge swimming pool and uh, you know as parents we were fearful that you know one of them would fall in so we made it our ambition to teach our children immediately uh, from the word go that how to swim. And so um, when they would play around the, the pool, um, the older one and all her friends, they had already learned, we taught them to swim. But when the younger one came along, and we're not mentioning any names, I'm not casting, I'm not looking in any direction, and it's that other child, um, she loved to be at the pool all the time. She could see all the other kids playing. She wanted to be there as well. But, you know, as parents, uh, it's a love, fearful moment because you don't want your children near the swimming pool uh, if they can't swim. And I remember every day uh, trying to teach her how to swim. So I'd hold her in my hands and I'd blow bubbles in the water because that's one of the ways that they teach you and learn to swim, uh, how to just to learn to blow out and not breathe in. But she couldn't stand the thought of not being able to just breathe normally. And I just couldn't get her to understand you've got to blow when you put your head under the water. So she would just put her chin, and that's where it put her lips in. But as long as her nose, and if her nose got blocked, then she was freaked out. And, you know, this went on for day after day. And, you know, as parents, you say, you just have to do this. You're trying to do it. Until one day I held her firmly, and I just stuck her under the water <laughs> like this. Uh, for at least a second or two, and of course, my whole family just about freaked out, but you know, my, my concern was just to help her get to that point where she understood that you didn't die, and so after that, I held her tightly, <laughs> and I reassured her uh, that she's okay, and if you just held your breath for just a little bit of time, you could, I was trying to help her to get to see something, and you know, little bit by little bit, from that moment, she was able to take longer and longer uh, strides until eventually she could swim up and down uh, underneath the water. But it was that fear in the moment of having your face covered in water and that you can't breathe. And so uh, just helping her to get through that moment helped her to see that there was something better on the other side, that we as a whole family 
could enjoy together at seaside in our swimming pool, hours and hours of playing in the pool and diving for things at the bottom of the pool was ahead of her, but she had to first learn to just hold her breath underwater. And she's not a fish, uh, says Sheikha, but she became a fish afterwards because she swam so much. She says, she's already saying, move on, move on, uh, over here. <clears throat> in the beginning, she didn't quite see the point of putting her head under the water, but once she crossed that bridge in her life, she began to enjoy all the benefits that came after. I don't even know if she remembers this from her past, uh, but because she's enjoying all the freedoms that being able to swim with your head under the water brings. But there was a day when she had to face her fears that would lead her to a better life. Amen. Amen. The disciples didn't know this was going to be the last teaching of Jesus. In this final teaching um, of Jesus, he was trying to get them to see something. It was better on the other side. All hell was about to break loose. Things were going to look very uh, strange for a while, but something good was coming. The best was still to come. And what they had experienced in their life with Jesus was going to go way above and beyond anything that they have ever experienced or thought about. You can teach somebody till they blew in the face about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't need words. You can teach somebody about Jesus, but until they accept Jesus as Lord and Savior in their life, then you don't need words. Then you're just living it out. Then you're just being everything that God promised on the other side of the cross. No matter how hard it looked from the outside, the best was still to come. In Jesus' own words, he says, have I told you these things so that in me, I have told you, I don't know why I keep saying have I, but I swap those around. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. With my daughter learning to do something that looks so difficult to begin with, once she had learned to swim, peace came. Then it wasn't a fearful uh, experience, but it was a peaceful uh, experience, something that she could enjoy. Can I just share horror of horrors? One day I'm at home and I'm preparing uh, a message and, you know, you just hit that mental block. Nothing's coming together. Nothing is working out. So I get up from my desk, and I walk over to the swimming pool, and there's a child lying at the bottom of the pool, standing up, just looking at me like this, and the bubbles coming out. And uh, my domestic worker's child had walked out and jumped into the pool, thinking she could walk on water just like me. You know, she might have heard me say that a couple of times. But she just stepped into the pool, and I don't know what, it was just this mental thing inside of me. I just walked and just God saved us uh, from in a moment. And, you know, I had thought about that so often, um, you know, before the time. And then when it happened to me, I was so thankful, so appreciative of God. So I don't know what, I still am just so glad that the story didn't end differently. And that young girl Man, I made it my ambition to teach her. So all the children, all the grand, all the neighborhood children that came to our house, we made sure that they could uh, swim. We've also had the experience where one of our youth leaders, um, J 
jumps into the pool. Can you swim? Now I can swim. So um, I see soon that he's jumped in. He's, he's six foot tall. And I'm saying to him, uh, can you swim? Now I can swim. So I, yeah, I can see him thrashing in the water. This man can't swim. So I say, stand up. I'm shouting at him and he's thrashing, he's drowning. I say, just say, stand up. He's six foot tall. When he stands up in the water, it only takes him here. So um, some people you can't help, obviously. But... Uh, that was just a funny, by the way, and we also taught him how to swim. And if you have parents, pay the money, send your children, learn to swim. There are plenty of these swimming schools around. Don't mess around. I've got too many painful stories to tell you where the sad results of not being diligent in these things has happened. So Jesus gave us peace to face our fears and to live freely. John 14, 27, uh, but this is out of the Amplified Bible, says, Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed, and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled out of the Amplified Bible. And it says, take a hold of God's peace. In the chaos, in the storm, in the struggle, take a hold of God's peace in your life. And if you can learn to work from a place of peace, you will have great success in life. And you know, sometimes getting peace could just be you in a rush, stressful day, and you just take a step back. <sighs> I'm ready. And then off you go. And sometimes it might be as simple as that. But if you give yourself, God is God. God is omnipotent. In the mo the, any moment that you give him, he can fill you with such power and such strength that you will more than overcome. There have been meetings where I've just stepped into and you like realize, oh, Jesus, what have I stepped into? And in that moment, you have to just take a, take a step back, catch your breath, and let God be God in the situation. Peace takes care of trouble, and peace takes care of fear. Uh, one evening when Karen and I were pastoring in the West Rand, um, we, uh, I was called to the church. And uh, when I got to the church, the entire community around our church had come out, and they were all on our property. So I don't know how many people were there. So I realized something terrible has happened here. And uh, everyone's shouting at me and swearing at me. <laughs> so I'm thinking, gosh, man, I've been resting at home. I've, a week I've had the flu. What on earth is going on here? And the whole community had come together to oppose our church. Uh, because we were a multicultural church, they didn't like us being there. And uh, they stood out against us. So, you know, what do I do in this situation? No one's listening. And I've got no voice uh, because my throat is sore. I've had the flu all week. And I just walked out into this crowd listening to all of this. And I just shouted as loud as I could, which came out like this. <laughs> What's the issue? Is this a racism thing? And that's all I could get out. My voice was gone. But I don't know what they heard. And I just watched as one after another people just began to leave the crowd until it was just me and the main instigator, one man, that had stirred up the whole community. 
and then he was too embarrassed to face me. And he walked away when he saw that he had no support. But this whole community had come together because this one man was angry at our church who was our neighbor. And somewhere along the way, he was offended by me. And uh, here I arrived. But you know what? I just came out of a place of peace in my, I had no fight in me to start off with. I was so worn out and, and everything. And this had come at, after a season of just lots of things going on in our town and, and incidents and our members being beaten up and things like that. And uh, it was just one thing too many. And I didn't come out there with arms waving and fists flying. I just came out of a sense of peace. God, you've got to deal with this. You called us here. You've got to deal with this. I don't have the fight for this. And from a plat platform of victory, God gave us the victory. Amen. John 14, 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's a gift. God's peace is a gift. And you need to receive it. You know, so often I've heard people say to me, after we've prayed or after having a conversation, you know, I just feel as if a weight has lifted off my shoulders. Have you had that experience? Have you had that conversation with people where as you're talking to them and they just say, thank you so much for just talking to me or thank you so much for being kind or for listening to me. I just feel as if a weight has lifted off of my shoulders. Have you had that experience? Well, this is what he's talking about. I'm leaving you with a gift. We replace that struggle, that difficulty with the gift of peace. That something can come in the place of something that was burdening you, resisting you, holding you down before. And peace can come. And I must say that it, from a place of peace and a position of peace, it operates with great authority. So you learn to gain the peace in your life. And no matter what life presents to you, walk in peace. You need to make a bigger, a bigger decision. Walk in peace. You need to find God's plan for your life, walk in peace. And as you walk in peace and take out those, those, take those steps of faith, God will help you and God will guide you. Jesus said, we would have trouble. If you're going to work out your calling with a sense of purpose and destiny, you will face resistance and you will have troubles. Can I just tell you the end of that story that we faced in the West Rand was, all the churches in the West Rand uniting. Uh, it's over 3,000 people coming together in our stadium, hand in hand, praying as God did something so marvelous uh, in our uh, churches. And I could tell you it's such wonderful stories um, of uh, the, the pastors and the leaders and the duemines and the uh, fathers and all these people standing together and what God did in that community on the West Rand. Uh, so at the end of it, there was great victory. John chapter 15, verse 18 says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is no greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, 
naturally they will persecute you. And if they listened to me, they would, if they would not, if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. One thing you cannot get away from is trouble. If you really want to live for God's kingdom, to bring glory to him, you are going to face trouble. When I've been under tremendous pressure and uh, at work, faced challenges at home, um, I've often gone to God and said, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, look at my life. What's going on here? Can you see me over here, Jesus? You just feel like you're on an island. You're all alone. That's life. But remember at the end of that, what God brings you to, he will bring you through. And now don't run away from, but embrace and walk towards. Lastly, I just love how Jesus brings this whole prophecy to a point of victory. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. One of Jesus' disciples wrote these profound words later on in his life, Romans 8, 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us, Romans 8, 37. And in the NIV it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How many of you have said these things? Uh, praying through difficulties, praying in a struggle. I'm more than a conqueror. The victory is mine in Jesus' name. It not, it's not that Jesus wants you to have victory. You have victory. <laughs> Did you hear that? It's not that Jesus wants you to have victory. You have it. <laughs> you have won the race. You are victorious. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Did you see that it said every child of God defeats this evil world? The moment you become a child of God, you have victory inside of you, and you have the power inside of you to defeat the world. There is something inside of you that causes you to walk in victory and in faith and faithfulness. Amen. So let's just quickly recap over here this morning. What Jesus brings you to, he will bring you through. Secondly, with Jesus, there is peace. And I do pray that right now this morning, if you're not experiencing peace in your life, that you just take it now, receive it now as a gift. And I say in the name of Jesus, receive the gift of peace as a gift. Take a hold of it. Thirdly, embrace your troubles as opportunities. Think of it as breaking into new things, learning something about yourself, getting, let, letting go of old things. 
that there is something far greater on the other side, even if it's as simple as learning to swim. When you feel like you're drowning, it's finding a way to stay afloat. And finally, that Jesus has given you victory. You have victory in your life. Amen. I want to just take a moment to pray for you this morning. And I'm going to pray for God's victory uh, in your life, in your circumstances. So won't you just bow your heads for a moment. Remember what we spoke about earlier, what God leads you to, He will lead you through. If things have not worked out the way that you have planned up to this point, don't worry it. Don't worry about it. Don't let it hold you back. Because as in life, God takes many paths to teach us, train us, and equip us, and help us. And we might think, God, I'm just a write-off. I'm just a nobody. I'm just lost There's nothing left. What do I have to offer? What good can come from me? God, give it to somebody else. But I'm telling you this morning that God has brought you to church. God has brought this message for you to respond to. And if I'm speaking to you this morning and you don't have that victory in your life, the easiest and quickest way to do it, and I'm gonna give you a moment to respond in just a few moments, is to raise up your hand and to have us pray for you. So I want to do it in two ways. Firstly, if you're here this morning and you don't know that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life and there is doubt and fear, but you would love the assurance of salvation, then you're just the person I want to pray for this morning. So on the count of three, if that is you this morning, won't you raise your hand? One, two, three. If I'm speaking to you this morning, just quickly raise up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to help you and pray. We're all going to pray for you. You can put down your hand. Anybody else this morning? Well, let's pray. And church, would you pray with me uh, this morning as we stand in support of these who have people who have put up their hands. Almighty God, we look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Father, forgive us our sins. We ask you now to save us in Jesus' name. We surrender our lives to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the second prayer I'd like to pray is, you've been in church for so long, and uh, God has been trying to bring something to you, but you just keep living at a point in time and you don't move forward. It just seems as if you circle this mountain over and over and over in your life. And if you want the strength and the power and the peace to just get on, and get going with this life, conquer this mountain in your life, then I wanna pray for you this morning. So please just bow your heads for a moment. 
And if you feel that this prayer is for you, if this is for you, just quickly raise up your hand so I can pray for you. Thank you, 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 thank you. You can put down your hands. Now, Almighty God, what you bring us to, you take us through. And I pray for the strength for each person here, that strength that comes through that peace that you provide for us. Almighty God, we look to you for strength and peace in each one of these situations, in each one of these hearts. May they begin to prosper as their souls prosper in the things of God, in Jesus' name. Bless them, lead them by your spirit, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.